the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The program is sponsored by Church of the Redeemer in Gatorsburg, Maryland. Welcome to Practical Living with Pastor Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer, located in Gaithersburg, Frederick, and now at the Universities of Shady Grove campus. We pray that through this message you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. Christmas to me is a wonderful time of year. I just love this season. I love everything about it. I love the songs. I love uh, the decorations. I love just the atmosphere. I love the food. I love the presents. I love it all. Okay, I love Christmas. Christmas is a great time of year. And while there are a lot of things that we celebrate related to Christmas and we enjoy related to Christmas, one of the things that's very important for us each year when we come to this time in this season is to remember what it's all about. What is Christmas about and why do we celebrate? Why do we give gifts? Why do we decorate? What is this about? And sadly, in our world today, in our culture, there's not much acknowledgement of the real reason for the season. Christmas is a big deal. It's a big deal because of some things that happened that God did for each one of us. And Christmas is when we celebrate it and remember it in our hearts and in our minds. Over 2,000 years ago, there was something that marked history, one of the biggest events of history. The only other event that compares with it is the event of Jesus' resurrection, and that's why we celebrate two major things in the Christian calendar, Christmas and Easter, because these are the two primary points of celebration related to what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary and in his coming and his death and in his resurrection. So Christmas is one of the major times of the year, and over 2,000 years ago, God came into our world. And the Apostle John described it in a very unique way. He doesn't tell the Christmas story like some of the other gospel writers does. He really goes to the heart of who Jesus is and what Jesus came to do for us at Christmas. Notice John chapter 1 beginning in verse number 1. I'm going to read down through verse 14. And I want you to listen to this as the Christmas story in a unique way as John presented it to us. In the beginning, the Word, now the Word there, the Greek term is Logos, and it really refers to Jesus. Every time you see the Word spoken of here in John chapter 1, John is referring to Jesus. In the beginning, the Word, or Jesus, already existed. The Word, or Jesus, was with God, and the Word, Jesus, was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word, that is Jesus, gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. This, or the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Isn't that beautiful? God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John, this is John the Baptist, John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming, was coming into the world. That's Christmas. He, Jesus, came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he, Jesus, gave the right to become children of God. 
They are reborn not with a physical birth resulted from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word, Jesus, became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. When Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago, the Son of God came into our world to reveal God to us and to bring us into a personal relationship with God. And so Christmas is a big deal because it is the event in history that made it possible for you and me to come back to God. That's why it's so important. I want to unpack this for you today with five things you need to understand about Jesus coming to bring us back to God. Five very important principles, fundamental principles for your faith, not only for your own faith, but also to share your faith in Jesus with others around you. The first thing that you must understand to really grasp the coming of Jesus to bring us back to God is you must grasp and understand that we all were created to know and love God. Every person was created by God to love and to know God. People are God's creations. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, the very first book of the Bible. Then God said, let us, this is the Trinity, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, over the livestock, over and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind. Who created mankind? God did. God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You might say, Pastor, do you really believe that God made man? My answer is absolutely. Why did God create us? God created us to know him and to love him. We were created to live close to God, not far away from God. That's why God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden so that there could be close fellowship and close relationship. And closeness to, to God is joyous. It is fun. It is fulfilling. It is releasing. It's positive. It's whole. It's healthy. It's happy. That's where your greatest life will ever be found when you're living a life that is how it was meant to be lived in closeness with God. You were created by God to know him and to love him. The second thing you must understand to grasp this idea of Jesus coming back or coming to bring us back to God is that we now, by reason of sin, have lost our way. The Bible tells us this tragic story in the book of Genesis of the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, and their failure, and their failure in the garden is called the fall, the fall of man. It's called the fall with a capital F because it is this massive moment in history that painfully marked all people for all time. It was this moment when Adam and Eve, in the midst of the beauty of the Garden of Eden, the glory of God's presence, that these two individuals were lured away from God by the crafty temptation of Satan who shows up as a serpent. God had given Adam and Eve this beautiful garden and only given them one command, one rule to follow. It's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of that tree. The day you eat of it, you'll surely die. One commandment, one simple rule to follow. Why did God even give them this rule? Why did God give them one commandment to follow? Because God wanted them to show love for him, not out of being simply a puppet or someone that, that love was forced upon, but out of their will, they were choosing to live in relationship with God. So one rule to follow, one command, and Adam and Eve said, we're going to walk away from what God has asked us to do. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, listen to this terrible story. 
that has marked every human being from the time of these two in the, in the, in the garden. Now the serpent, as Satan, was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Here is this moment in history when Adam and Eve walked away from God. They disobeyed God. Now notice the effects of sin described in Genesis chapter 3, verse 23 and verse 24. So the Lord God banished him, that's Adam, from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. This was a very serious and decisive moment in human history. At this moment, Adam and Eve experienced something called spiritual death. They were still alive, but they were dead on the inside. They suffered a fatal spiritual blow from which they could not recover themselves because they had yielded to sin and yielded to Satan. And from that time forward, every human being that has been born has been born dead. There's physical life, but there's spiritual death. And so Adam and Eve were dead spiritually, and we experienced that in the death spiritually of each person. So we are all, when we were initially born into this world, we are what we might call the walking dead. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, that's Adam, and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, as for you, Paul talks to the Ephesian believers looking at their past before they met Christ. As for you, you were dead. Not you were bad, you were dead. There's a difference. Our issue is not being bad, our issue is being dead. You were dead in your transgressions and sins and what you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest. We were by nature deserving of wrath. We can't live righteously for God because there's no spiritual life in us. The third thing that I want to share with you, this is the story of the gospel, and I love the story. It is what Jesus came to do for us, bring us back to God, because you have to understand that our works don't work. A religion is any set of rules, rituals, deeds, or acts that when properly and consistently done are supposed to earn people God's favor, compensate for their sins, and get them into heaven. Romans 3, verse 20, listen to what it says. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous, that's in right standing with God, in God's sight, by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. All the law does for us, God's law is point out how bad we really are, okay? 
what the issues are in our life. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. John 3, verses 1 through 7. Listen to this story. Jesus encounter this very religious man. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. Let me stop there for a moment. This guy is one of the best guys you'll ever meet. He is the cream of the crop. He's doing all of the works that any good religious person would do. He's a Pharisee. He's a member of the Jewish ruling council. He has an interest in the things of God. His name is Nicodemus, and he came to Jesus at night. I call this, as we've heard before, perhaps the original Nick at night. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. So Nicodemus comes and said, Jesus, you know, I'm a Pharisee, and I, I'm doing all the right stuff and everything, but, you know, you seem, you seem kind of unique. I don't think you could be from God and do all these things. I'm kind of interested in who you are. So he's inquiring about Jesus. Jesus replied. I love Jesus, how he always goes right to the heart of issues. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. What happens when you're born again? Born. Birth is all about the giving of life. Okay, He said, Nicodemus, your problem is not whether you're good or bad. Your problem is you don't have spiritual life in you. Your religion is not giving you life. Notice the next response. How can someone be born when they're old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time in their mother's womb to be born. So Nick is kind of thinking very physically here. I can't figure this thing out. Be a born again? What are you talking about? I've already been born. I'm old now. I can't go back in my mother's womb. What do you mean, Jesus? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter into the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. And here's the fourth thing. And after this point, you might want to shout hallelujah with me. Jesus is the way back to God. If works don't get you, in, get you back to God, what does work? Jesus does. Jesus does. This is the big news of Christmas. This is why Jesus came, okay? Because we couldn't get our, we could not get back to God. We couldn't do it, okay? We couldn't work hard enough and be good enough to get back to God. It was impossible for us to be good enough to get God's approval because he expects perfection and rightly so because he is God. And we can never be good enough to get to work our way back. Works don't work. And so that's why we needed Jesus Christ to come. Here we are in prison and dead in our sins. In, not even capable of getting ourselves out of our mess. We can work as hard as we want and we're not going to get ourselves out of this prison. But Jesus, the Savior, shows up and comes down into our world. Listen closely. And what he does is this. Jesus not only is born, he grows up, 30 years of age, enters into ministry. He ministers for about three, three and a half years, and then he goes to the cross. On the cross of Calvary, it was not just a matter of people killing him because they didn't like him. This was the design of God. God said, you're going to come as a sacrifice for the sins of the world, Jesus. And Jesus submitted himself to that, and he went to the cross of Calvary as the perfect Lamb of God. So the only one that's ever been perfect is Jesus, right? There is no other perfect person. The only one that's ever been perfect is Jesus. And so now, because he's perfect, he can do the work 
God can accept him because he is perfect. So what he does, he goes to the cross. And on the cross, he says, Father, now I've submitted myself to you. And the Father poured out the penalty for all of our sins upon Jesus Christ. He paid the price for you. And then he says, I've done this for you. I'm making an offer. If you will accept me and put your faith in me, you don't have to work. It's not earning anything here. The works will come later because if I'm in you, you'll do good works. You don't do good works to get to me. But once I get in you, you do good things. Okay, good things start happening in your life. So it's not an issue of whether you want to do good. The issue is you can't do the kind of good you need to do because you need to have have life. And so Jesus says, if you'll put your faith in me, you can be born again and you can get back to God. And by the way, I'll prove to you that I am who I said I am. Watch this. And on Easter morning, death could not hold him. He came up out of the tomb, rose victoriously from the grave. He is the risen Savior, and he lives today. I promise you, listen, there's not a single person who has ever started a religion who rose from the grave. And then he says, you want the deal? You want the deal? You want the deal? See, you have to come to the place and say, yeah, I want it, okay? God never forces a deal on you. He offers you the deal. Do you want this? Do you want to put your faith in me? I did all, I did all the work. See, the good news, you don't have to work because Jesus did. Amen? Jesus did the work for you. So you put your faith in him, and that's where salvation comes. Notice, if you will, Luke chapter 19, verse number 10. For the Son of Man, what's the word? Came. That's Christmas. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. People who've lost their way. He came to seek us and to save us. Romans 8 verse 3. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. Anybody want to say hallelujah right there, okay? He sent his own son in a body. This is Christmas. In a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's the deal. Here's how we receive it. How do you take the deal? Okay. How do you receive it? Romans 10, verses 9 and 10 and 13. If, notice there's an if there, it's conditional. It's not going to happen unless you fulfill the condition. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, notice what happens when you do this. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is, if anyone has accepted the deal, okay? If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. What that means is new life has come. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. God made him, that's Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the only way back to God. Jesus is the way to God. Last point. 
we were made, created to love and know God. We lost our way because of sin, deadness of sin. We try works, but works don't work. Now Jesus comes, Christmas, as our way back to God. But the last point I want to give you is that the way back to God is also in Jesus as our way forward. See, when Jesus comes into your life, it's not just about a moment in time. It's about a journey that you start. Amen? Okay? So I come to know him. It's not, that's not the end of the story. Okay, I met Jesus. I guess I just go about living my life the way I always have. No. When you meet Jesus, it's the beginning of a journey. It's a journey forward. John 14, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man or no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I am the way. I'm the way back to God, but I'm also your way forward in life, right? Notice what he says here. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is the way, not only back to God, but he's the way to truth and life, okay? This truth in life is that you might know the truth so you can build your life on truth, not lies. Because the problem with Adam and Eve is they built their life on a lie, right? They listened to the deceiver, the serpent, and that's where everything went south for them. Now, what we need to do in relationship with God is to begin to build our lives on the truth. That's why you need to be a growing Christian. That's why you need to learn your Bible. That's why you need to understand the things of God so that you can grow into truth. That more truth will come into your heart, your spirit. You'll gain more insight that will help you to live a wise kind of life. So Jesus is your way forward into truth. He's your way forward into life life. When it comes to life forward, there are two kinds of life. Your life in this world that we're living and the life beyond this world, okay? So that's what's for. That's what ahead. That's what's ahead for you. If you don't die today, tomorrow will come. Amen? And some at some point in time, there'll be a moment in your life when this life will be over. And so looking ahead for you, there are either days ahead for you or a moment in time when you will leave this world and go to the next world. And so Jesus is not only your way back to God, but He's, he's your way forward into truth and life here as we live day by day and for eternity. Everybody will die and you don't know when it's going to happen. You do not know when it's going to happen. Don't think... Oh, I've got plenty of time left. No, you don't know when it's going to happen, okay? Everybody's going to die. And the issue is what will happen for you for eternity? Because eternity is a really long time, okay? It's forever and ever, okay? And so you need to be sure that when you die, you're stepping into life, amen? And that's part of what faith in Jesus does. It, it's your way forward into eternal life. And the beautiful thing about being a Christian is that when you die, you don't really die. You physically die and your body is dead, but you step into what has already been given to you, eternal life. Okay, So there's a life that you have in Jesus, so it's our way forward, but also for this life. Because it's not just a matter of getting there for eternity i got to live in the nasty now and now, now until I get there, right? Okay. So how am I going to live in the nasty now and now and have life now? Jesus said, the thief, John 10, verse 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it how? 
to the full. Or one translation says to have life in abundance, to have abundant life. So what God is saying is in the nasty now and now, I promise you, every resource that's necessary in abundance for you to live the life that you need to live now until you get there. Amen? So why did Jesus come? Why is Christmas a big Christmas? Why is it a big deal? Because Jesus came to get us back to God. We had lost our way. Our works don't work. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'll get you there back to God. And not only am I, I, am I your way back, but I'm also your way forward. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. This program is a ministry of Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg and Frederick, Maryland. This and other practical living broadcasts and podcasts are available anytime at church-redeemer.org. We also invite you to join us for our live webcast every Saturday at 6.30 and Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. Join us next Sunday for another practical living broadcast with Pastor Dale O'Shields. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.